Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows and guests. Hello and welcome back to the NZ Tech Podcast. We are now up to episode four. Wow. Woohoo! Now, last week, with our third episode, something interesting happened. What happened, Paul? Well, the day after we went to air, someone had mentioned, actually someone had mentioned to me the week before or tweeted that we were in the new and noteworthy, you know, section on iTunes. I thought, oh, let's see if we're still there. And what did you see when you went to iTunes, Mr. Spain? We were the number one podcast Sorry, in say New that Zealand. again? The top podcast in New Zealand. Wow. Who would have thought three geeks could make number one, eh? <laughs> Who would have? Maybe my mum. <laughs> I think the part of the reason why we're up that high is because my mum doesn't know how to use iTunes properly, so yeah. we accidentally <laughs> downloaded a couple of hundred times. I don't know. Alright, so, so it was all your mum that got us up to the top. I think so, thanks mum. No, so, a, a yeah, big, thanks a, yeah, big thank you to everyone, it's been, a, yeah, been an awesome week and to be number one was quite cool, so yeah, we appreciate everyone listening in. Definitely, definitely, and thanks for those of you that have tweeted about us and, and mentioned us and you know our first uh, celebrity follower. Oh yes, we've had about this, did you hear about this Skip? Yes, I have. I have. That funny guy, Di Henwood. So, uh, hi, Di. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving us a shout-out or whatever you did on, on Twitter. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, thanks to everyone else. And, and there's quite a few uh, people that have mentioned us on their, their blogs and, and websites and things like that. Yeah, we so. had an interesting one. We got uh, mentioned in the University of California. I think I pointed that one out to you where some guy was saying he really enjoys the local content down in New Zealand. It's a lot more laid back, and he was putting it on the University of California sort of internal website over there. So wow. if, you're, if you're listening over there, guys, thank you very, very much. Very cool, very cool. So anyway, we've dropped off the top spot, but uh, last time I looked, we were uh, we were still in the top 10. So uh, hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll hang around uh, there for a while. If uh, if you guys enjoy what we're doing, if you don't like what we're doing, then uh, definitely just, send just us keep a tweet downloading. or a message <laughs> and, uh, and 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 tell us what you'd like to hear on the podcast. But uh, yeah, it's it's great to be off to uh, to such an esteemed start. And we've got an awesome awesome podcast tonight. We've got some uh, really good guests in from Nintendo, yes, and we're going to be talking cool. about some interesting uh, devices and gadgets that we've managed to play with tonight. First on the agenda, we have seen some coverage in the media this week about um, an issue that Internal Affairs Department have had with their website. <laughs> what, what, what is your take on this, uh, Skip? I've seen a lot of conversations in the Twitter sphere about this exact... I don't think there's any problem about the website being attacked. It's actually how the media's probably portrayed it. And a lot of people are saying, look, is it really a denial-of-service attack? Was it uh, hackers... Was it crackers? You know, the phraseology around what's going on is a bit strange. But uh, I tell you what, when you've got Anonymous threatening to take down your website, you're probably going to do something about it. You're not just going to sit there going, come on, bring it on. You know? Yeah, they're a pretty scary group, aren't they? And they've um, they've caused a bit of havoc around the world for quite a number of organisations. Do we know why? Is, it, is, it, is there a reason why what's going on? Yep. The reasoning behind it is, the, uh, of course, their new internal affairs firewall. This is the proxy. Uh, so they're not, they're not overly ecstatic about uh, the fact that New Zealand's filtering all our internet for us. And apparently that's all working now. You you may or may not be on it. But mm. that's opt-in, isn't it? So ISPs have to choose whether to be uh, whether to participate. Yeah, that's right. right. And I think uh, most ISPs are either... I think most ISPs are open about it. I don't know of any that have sort of not seen anything and just snuck everyone on. I know that Orcon, I believe, weren't going to be going onto it. Um, yeah, I'm so busily checking mine right now. Yeah. 
I, and, and I guess it's that question. I mean, the, the ultimate thing is we, we've been sold this internet firewall process on uh, child pornography, which I don't think anyone on the globe has any issue with us filtering whatsoever. It's the other stuff that I think people are getting a bit worried about. It's like, what else are they going to find out about me? What sort of information are they going to use and this sort of stuff? So it's that whole accountability thing. We don't like being watched, I guess. It's that gray area. I mean, I just, yeah, we don't know what we don't know. I think it needs to be a bit more transparent of what's going on. So we're going to have to see what this anonymous group are going to keep doing to the DIA. Um, this is what, anything? If this happened in Australia as well, didn't it? With their proposed firewall system, filtering system over there. So yeah. They're obviously trying to push people off this. I'd, I'd like to say to Anonymous, just don't pick on us. Our internet's slow enough as it is in New Zealand. Be nice, we, please. We, if you denial a service, anything in New Zealand, it denies, denies the whole country. <laughs> Let's just be honest about That's it. That's what happens when you've only got a couple of strings uh, attached between <laughs> New Zealand and the rest of the I world. I thought it was just two so dial-up uh, connections out of yeah. the country. <laughs> if the connections were rope, hey, might be a bit better, but um, yeah, those connections are Two really Dynalink good. modems holding it all together. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's pro- that's um, that's probably enough on um, internal affairs. Let's move on to our um, first exciting piece of gadgetry now. Bo, you guys at uh, Nintendo have a product launch tomorrow. Is that right? We do. Yes, the thirty first of March, which is tomorrow, and it's going to be pretty exciting. We're all very excited. It's a it's a huge product for us. Excellent, excellent. So as we record, it's uh, Wednesday the thirtieth. And depending on when you download this, it may have already hit the market. But for us, we're looking at uh, at a preview here of the um, the 3DS. Um, what what are, what are the kind of the outstanding things? Obviously, um, the big thing is 3D, right? That's right. It's look, it's a whole new console from us from Nintendo. Um, the 3DS really takes um, the DS handheld range to a new level, giving you the 3D 3D graphics, the, the um, clearer screen. Um, smoother graphics uh, and a new configuration of controls with our circle pad. Yeah, it looks it looks really cool. And we've all just been having a play with it here. <laughs> Bradley <And> still is. <laughs> okay, I have to be honest. This thing is really cool. I was a skeptic, and I was being very open at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But this is very, very, very cool. I mean, yeah, it, the 3D on this is absolutely stunning. It's brilliant. I'm playing Street Fighter at the moment, and it is just crystal clear. It is, yeah, really impressive. Yeah, I was pretty surprised by it as well. Can can, can you tell us about how that how that works? What's your what's your take on explaining it? I know that's probably not something that's very easy to do. It's not very easy to do, and um, even our, our technicians find it uh, quite challenging. But um, basically, what we know is um, that there's um, a Venetian blind effect within the screen. Um, pixels are moved, various differences in the screen, various distances. Sorry, and um, an illusion is um, created for the um, viewer from that so it's really that that um it, it doesn't work like the the typical cinema screen where you you know obviously you you've got something different for each eye to see i mean you do have something different but it's but it's sort of your your brain locks on figures out what's going on and, and adjusts it is that, that, that that's correct take? and and we've been sort of it's been described to us as um instead of basically wearing the glasses um the glasses the technology is now built into the screen so it's done behind the screen before your eye actually picks up the image rather than wearing the glasses and picking the image up and the glasses projecting yeah. it for you all right I, I got some quick fire questions for you sure here we go it's a quick fire round all right what's the uh, version of um, wireless that's built into it um is it wireless it's wireless n from what i was reading in the yes I, I believe so yeah yep. cool and you there was a 2d 3d mode Do you want to talk about that quickly sure uh, one of the key features of the 3DS is the 3D slider on the side. So it allows viewers to uh, change the variance of 3D. 
uh, whether they're having a break from um, gameplay, if you're playing Zelda for many hours, um, you can slide it down and go to 2D. And it also just allows you to find your sweet spot. Some people may not want to play it on full 3D. Some people may want it somewhere in between that 2D level. Battery life? So battery life, um, the battery life on the 3DS is very good. We've, we've, um, with the 3D on, we've, uh, we've managed to get between 3 and 5 hours. Cool. And with 3D off, or remembering it's backwards compatible, playing yeah. just DS titles oh, yeah. um, in 2D, you'll get 5 to 8 hours out so, of it. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. 3 hours of playing on three on a 3D, 3 to 5 hours, I should say. That's yeah. not bad because it's not, a, you know, it's not a, a, a massive uh, piece of equipment and it's got two screens. So That's yeah. right. That, that's good. You've also got the, the Wi-Fi um, button on the side and you can turn your wireless off, which is also going to help save that battery power. Now on size, um, I asked you this before, but it's, it's thickness. Is it thicker or thinner than the previous models? It's around about the same size so uh, in terms of um, its overall thickness. Yeah, roughly the same size. Um, you know, gamers aren't going to uh, gamers aren't going to notice a difference there. Um, you know, there's cosmetic changes to it, which makes it feel perhaps smoother and and um, you know, there's a, a different edge around the sides. But basically, overall, it's the same same thickness. Yes. Now, the, the primary purpose of the wireless connection, is it to play games across it or is it to hook into other services in the future? So there's a number of features, more that um, we're actually finding out more about as we go and there's, there's more that developers are going to, um, to get on and, and use. But basically, the, there is a, an important feature of the 3DS called Street Pass. The Street Pass uses that, um, that Wi-Fi connection to um, speak to other units. So if someone's coming past you within 20 to 30 metres, with their unit on street pass mode, basically in, in sleep mode, um, there's going to be a transfer of data between both units. So this might be, you know, an exclusive um, character from a game. It could be if you're playing Nintendo Dogs, it could be a new bowl or a collar, something that they've acquired that you don't have. Um, also, their me, if they if they've chosen their settings to do so, will come and visit your me's and um, and be be in your me plaza, and they might bring you a little <laughs> puzzle piece or something like that, and and um, there's these, these exclusive puzzles to um, to collect. So every time you're interacting with other units, there's going to be a data swap between them. It's like, it's like a social networking type mm. thing built into yeah. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of possibilities with that sort of thing. We haven't really seen too much of it yeah. yet you know, with any platform. So, it, yeah, it will be interesting to see to see where that goes um, on the 3DS and, and other platforms as they, as they start trying those things out. Would it be the first platform that actually has done that street social stuff now? Because I know that Sony were talking about it or pitching it, but I don't think it's out yet, is it? No. no. no so this, this would have to be one of the first street social gaming devices. Yeah. Handheld based, definitely. Yeah. It, it's, hmm. well, it, it, that, that 3D is just it is really slick. You can, I mean, when you go from the 2D to the 3D, you, you see it straight away. Except for Paul, whose eyes can't quite adjust. We <laughs> yeah, had to it, it did take me a few seconds. <laughs> yeah. It was like, what's going on here? Skip an eye instantly, weird, but, but Paul a bit slower. You know. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Hey, at least the batteries that. are on in this one. So, <laughs> There's another feature in it as well, and that's the, um, the, motion, um, the motion gyro sensor in there as well. So uh, specific titles um, that we have coming out will use that. Um, for example, with um, Zelda, uh, you can use the, um, the motion the motion sensor to move around and aim your weapon. Okay, so, so that's sort of a gyroscope where it can uh, tell, like like some of the other devices, sort of the yes, angle that you've got it absolutely. on and so on. Yeah. And you actually use that as gameplay function. Cool. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, it is a very nice looking piece. Excellent. Of so yeah. this is this is going to be in stores from from Thursday, yeah. Yes, from tomorrow morning. And what sort of price are we looking at? Anywhere from between um, four four nine and four eight nine. 
That's depending on which, re- which retailer you go to. Are we allowed to mention the retailers or not? Pretty much anyone selling. Any mainstream anyone retailer. Anyone yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah. yeah, we look forward to that coming through. Any other questions, guys? No, I want one now. Can I have that one? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> you actually do have to see this thing to believe it. The 3D, I was a skeptic, so I'm yeah. like, you're never going to get 3D working on a screen that size. And it is just, it's amazing. It's really, really good. Yeah, and, and to get three to five hours of actually being able to play a, a 3D game, yeah, you know, that's a flight to Australia, that's halfway to LA, that's, that's pretty damn good. Uh, I'm quite impressed, actually. <laughs> oh, the one thing we also talked about before, though, was for younger children. Now, your advice on that? That's right. So um, Nintendo advises um, that children under the age of seven uh, basically don't play 3DS. Um, it, is, it is seven and up with 3D. Okay. There goes my six-year-old. And, and the reason for that is just because up until that age, um, children, are, their eyes are still developing. See, I use after my children that. to justify my toy purchases. So <laughs> I don't know how many are in this one. So after that, your your eyes can just go downhill, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. We've all got glasses on. Yeah, I think, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what, what other... Sorry, did we cover the, the launch titles for 3DS? Ah, good call. Okay. Well, certainly from us, you've got um, four titles yep. uh, on uh, available on launch. Um, Super Street Fighter Four. Um, which is a very, very um, cool title. And also um, three of our Nintendogs titles and Cats. So we've now integrated Cats into the into the games and we've um, launched with a variety of species that you can um, you can play with, you can train, um, you can take... You, can, you basically works off the old Nintendog series and, and takes it to another level. Cool. Um, from third party, you're going to see um, a whole raft of other titles. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure about launch, but um, I've, I've seen Star Wars, Lego Star Wars 3. And oh, it's yeah. a phenomenal, phenomenal title. I'm nice. just buying that. I'm just buying it for that alone. Yeah, I mean, the, the ability to also get, like, you know, if you do develop a marketplace with a movie service and, and that on-demand stuff, I know we won't get Avatar Skip, but <laughs> but that type of stuff, that that's huge. You know, across the wireless, you've suddenly got a built-in 3D-based device. That's going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Really, really nice. And you've got other things. Come, there's going to be updates to the, the software, the firmware, and so on, future that's like right. browsers and, and, and whatnot coming. Yes, that... that um, That'll come as as time time progresses. There'll be um, a lot of a lot of that stuff happening. Very nice. In, in the box itself, um, basically now we've included um, uh, a two gig SD card, so that allows mm. um, that allows players to save data and save photos uh, with a three D camera. We've also included um, six augmented reality cards. So each of these cards is, a, is a, an exclusive game, and you use the camera. To, to play the game, you put the card on a flat surface, and a, and a game will come out of that card in 3D. Sorry, did you say camera? Yes. Oh, yes, it has, okay. It has three cameras on it, two right. two on the front and one on the rear. Now, uh, obviously, Apple have a FaceTime type product. Is there something similar where if Skip had a device, I can do a video conferencing type thing? Or is it all just really with the games at the moment? It's with the games at the moment. Okay. Oh, that's very cool. Well, thanks for coming in, Bo. Yeah, thanks uh, for really, inviting me. Really appreciate having you here on the NZ Tech Podcast. We'll look forward to you sending through some more demo, <laughs> demo bits and pieces in the future, mate. Absolutely. Uh, it looks very cool. Very, we're, very cool. We're going to go and line up at the store now. Yeah. <laughs> Get a tent and you know, do like the Apple boys. <laughs> so just as we went to air last week, there were some new browsers being released. Mm, we, two of them. We had IE9 had just come out in what, the, the last day or two. Yep. And then uh, Firefox Four shipped, right? It's a bit, that's one. They've both been a bit quiet in that respect. I mean, I've read a little bit about Firefox, but I only found about Firefox because of reading Engadget. But I haven't actually seen 
any of the mainstream media pick up on that one actually. That that's interesting because they had a heap of of downloads. Like yeah. IE nine had what two point three million downloads within twenty four hours of the RTM. Yeah, and Firefox had something like double double or more that figure. So obviously there's a real fan base there, and oh, totally. and also with uh, Firefox it tends to you know it tends to prompt you with with the update. Although I think um, did I'm trying to remember how that actually happened because there was sort of a soft launch of of uh, Firefox four, wasn't there? Mm. Where you could you could download it before they sort of officially were were making it available. Yeah, um, and maybe it is this the case that the Net citizens are actually more aware of updates these days. It's just become part of the DNA of what we do. So we know, oh, there's a new version. I'm always going to upgrade to that because we're suckers for a new upgrade. That's true. So what do we think, boys? I I really like IE9. Uh, I've been playing with it here, even with beta. It's been great. Mm. It's been good. I mean, look, I I installed uh, Firefox 4. I've got Safari and I've got 9. Safari, not so sold on. Uh, no, well, I, th- I mean, I think if you look at most Mac users, they're using Firefox yeah. rather than Safari yeah. too. So uh, it's just not sort of the the browser that people seem to be picking at this stage. I- I'm impressed with what they've done with i9, rebuilding it from the ground up. Um, it is slick, quick, and, and it, it's lightning fast, which is what it needed to be. I mean, it was getting left behind by but Firefox. It's definitely fast. It's yeah. n- a nice, clean UI with you know a lot of stuff stripped away, which you know some people will miss. You know, one or two of those things, but I I like the way it looks. One of the big things, though, is obviously IE9 does not work on Windows XP. I was going to say that's uh, that's the big thing. Now it's it's going to be big. You know, that's 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 the I you've got to get under Windows Seven now to use IE9. Now Firefox will support on Windows XP. Uh, see. So they've they've gone backward, whereas Microsoft have made the stand. Obviously Vista and greater. So yeah, interesting. It is it is interesting. One thing I will say is that the um, browser compatibility with web pages is driving me a little bit nuts, though. I mean, just it, it doing web development work and having to support all these browsers, which are standards based. He says with fingers <laughs> quoting in the air. Um, <laughs> They're not standards-based, and you get totally different experiences off different sites, mm. and it's driving me mental, and, and lots of web developers. Well, I guess that the, the idea with the, the newer versions of IE is this, you know, they're, they're designed to be um, yeah, much, much more closely aligned with the standards, and I think that's what we're seeing. The problem is we've still got a whole lot of users with IE6 still. <laughs> yes. Get rid of it, guys. <laughs> get rid of it. Upgrade it to whatever from whoever, but get rid of it. Uh, there's still a lot of IE7 and obviously IE8. Now we've got IE9. So, you know, in theory, things things should improve over time as people get rid of those older browsers, but, you know, it definitely is still still a challenge. So IE9, new UI, a lot faster, better JavaScript support, just better GPU rendering, which is a big thing. Well, that stuff's cool if you've yeah. seen the demos and the games and the all of those bits and, and pieces. It's, uh, you know, it's certainly not something that, yeah, you know, any browser was able to to do all that snappy graphics stuff in the past. That's that's cool. So, what about Firefox? What would you say to our listeners are the sort of two or three key new features in the Firefox browser to to upgrade? Well, I liked how clean it was, so it's a, a cleaner cut look. Yep. The other thing I found quite handy is I'm the sort of guy that has all these browser tabs open, and I'll go into a new tab and type a URL for something that I know I had open before. 
and when you when you press enter it'll actually flick you across to it realize oh no you've got that open in another tab and it flicks you across to it that's already open logged nice. in all of those things and i thought oh that's quite cool uh, and you can choose whether to do that or not uh, but I, I like that. I thought that was cool. And I haven't seen, I don't think IE's got that particular feature. So, um, yeah. And, and for me, I'm actually still testing because I want to try out this HTML5 support mm. in both these browsers because for me, HTML5 is a much nicer way to do things for media content. But I guess the question is which browser supports which type of content and that's well, a that's just yeah. driving me to well html5 the standards won't be set for another two or three years right so it, there's going to be variances between the browsers for for some time to come but and, and, the, and the codec support as well i mean you know yeah. there's differences yeah. there between um you know what 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 google are offering in terms of codec chrome, what, what, yeah. with chrome and and what ie9 and, and firefox provide so there, there's one or two challenges there for sure but as always the consumer's pushing the way forward wanting html5 and making it so just doing stuff and you see some great demonstrations of it actually out there mm. working but um yeah it is, it's a bit of a mission trying to get your pages to work with all browsers and unfortunately i guess we all have to code for internet explorer 6 <laughs> well, i'm from, joking don't I'm so do joking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah look, i mean I, I think there needs to be a point where they make a clean break and they basically say look you know IE8 and above, Firefox 3 and above, and we, we just start to get this cleanness that we that we needed even with the Windows, you know, going up to Windows XP, having to support Windows 98. We just got to get these clean breaks on, on technology. It, the legacy support kills us. It really, really kills us. Yep. Just got to get away from it. But, yeah, no, it's, it's good to see these things going forward. You know, my I guess what I think we'll continue to see is IE is going to have the lion's, you know, the, the lion's share of the market. Well, it's just, whether it can just, hold it. Just because, you know, because um, it ships with, with every Windows machine, right? Mm. And what we're seeing with, with this release is now you've got a product that is very, very much competitive and it's now down to personal preference. Yep. Whereas what we saw before with previous releases of IE, you'd put it next to Firefox, you'd put it next to Chrome, and, you know, you could easily say, well, those, those other browsers are better. From a business perspective, I think most businesses... You know, don't want to have all these products from different vendors on their machines, so they like to keep it. They like to keep it clean. They like to know that their Microsoft update will cover all of all of these things, and they're not having to run you know extra processes to update other products. Mm. You know, in the same way that you know, if businesses didn't have to support Adobe Reader and Flash and keep those updated and current, they'd get rid of them. But you know, today you need to. So, uh, I, I guess the other big problem is that uh, we're all scared of add-ons. The problem with uh, Chrome and Firefox is so easy just to get an add-on and chuck it on. And those add-ons can be the security risk to your business. Yeah. So it's like... Uh, they're very powerful, but the, they're also a threat. Yeah, they're powerful. And it's kind of you've got this tension between giving people functionality to do their jobs or what they perceive as their jobs, like Facebook, and then... <laughs> being, being Exactly. And then being able to restrict stuff. And I guess that's where IE still has the business edges. It's got all that business management stuff behind it. Yeah. Good. Tablets, guys. There's been uh, been a new release in the last few days. We've had a lot of requests for us to talk about this, haven't we? We have indeed. About what? Sorry, which? Uh, <laughs> this small product <laughs> called the iPad. It's I've from, heard of it. It's from this company um, based uh, somewhere Is that the fruit-based company in, in, in Quantico? 
We're going to have all the Apple boys getting up on our backs, guys. It's from Apple. Nice iPad 2. We've managed to get one to have a look at. Yeah. And it's very cool. Where is it? <laughs> Skip. I don't have it. Did our last guest wander off? With it's it? right oh, no, under there. No, we won't blame the man from Nintendo. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Here it is. It's it's so slim and slick. It's uh, it's dis- disappeared very quickly. All right. Let, let, let's let's. We've got an iPad one, and we've got a oh, iPad one. We've got an iPad and iPad two in front of us right now. Key differences, Paul. What do you see? Well, I guess when when I first had a look at it on Friday, I didn't really feel as though it was. Yeah, the weight wasn't something that was particularly particularly noticeable mm-hmm. as an existing iPad user. It wasn't like, wow, that's that's you know a real light device. It's still you know being a steel case and so on. It's still got a bit of weight to it. And then there's the thinness thing, and that was one of the other new features that it's you know it's thinner, it's lighter. I don't think that really makes a lot of difference from a user perspective having it having it thinner. It's not like a phone. Where you're squeezing it into your pocket, yeah. So you're looking for something to get smaller. <laughs> I'd like to see you squeeze that in. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, going to say, can we have a demonstration <laughs> of that one? <laughs> it, it, look, I mean, you, you've got the two next to you right now, and it, aesthetically, it is it is a nicer looking piece of kit. It, technology-wise, it is. Well, that, that's because my existing edges, iPad um, has, has been trashed <laughs> by um, you know some of some of the um, people who I've loaned it to. And uh, yeah, Tokyo earthquakes and so on. No, um, you know it, it. It's been it's a little bit beat up, shall we say? So um, yeah, sure, this brand new shiny one um, that that we've been loaned isn't, uh, and we'll try to return it in in one piece. Unlike some other equipment that we tried out today, um, super glue will fix everything. Um, so yeah, in terms of the the new features, obviously there's it's it's a bit thinner, it's a bit lighter. Uh, we've got cameras in there. There's a um, you know, one facing in each direction. Yep. Uh, which is cool. If you want to do FaceTime chat, so yep. on, you've got that built in. And there's a dual core CPU, which mean basically means it's faster. Yep. So, and I, I guess I was a little bit disappointed with the latest release of the, the, uh, the, the iOS software for the existing iPad with multitasking. It seemed to be a bit, a bit slow at times. So, the iPad two with its faster chip. That seems to address that. Is it not masking a problem if the iOS is slower for the other for the original iPads? I mean, throwing more grunt is the old sort of PC way of fixing a problem, isn't it? So, yeah, look, I mean, and the, the screen seems a lot clearer too. The glass face on top of it is really crisp and really nice. Um, but the two things when I was researching for tonight's show is from iPad. Um, users in New Zealand, the two things I'm seeing at the moment is that there's a there's a seems to be some um, screen bleeding, so where the pixels on the side leak, so the blackness tends to disappear and you get the white leak. And the other one is is the camera quality. A lot of people are complaining about the the image quality that you seem to get with the camera, and there's the forums seem to be alive with that at the moment. And I don't know if they expected um, Apple to have a really high res camera in there, or the reality is is this is a version one. Well, it does. Oh, look, it does look grainy, and you've got to remember that that Apple, you know, Apple is a is a marketing company. They they are a step up from what they were with the original iPad Definitely. enough that I think you know they will they will sell you know they're going to sell a whole bunch of these. Uh, they've sold out already. I mean, who knows how many they had? It sounds like they didn't have very many in most stores. Uh, you know, they had quite a few at the uh, Yobi store in Yubi store in Newmarket. That we that we went to for the launch, mm. 
but you know m- most of the other stores didn't um, didn't have a whole lot of stock from from what we heard. So yeah, it, it's definitely selling. I think they're saving some things up their sleeve again for the next one because they've got to have some good good things going forward. And the camera, yeah, the guys at the office when I showed it to them, they were disappointed with how grainy it was. I tried it at home in the lounge last night, and you know, particularly with with not much light around, it was really grainy. Adding a bit of light helped a little bit, but no, not a not a particularly awesome camera. For for me, the way I look at Apple is. And there's two ways you've got your software and your hardware company that's how I look at them and the hardware itself is just a beautiful piece of technology it really is quite stunning I really like it um, software wise and just the everything else that's going on I'm not sold on for me to upgrade my current iPad to an iPad 2 for instance sure and you can run most of the software on your current exactly. one anyway so yep and and I guess I sit you know, pretty much in the same camp I'm not expecting to throw away or, or get rid of the existing iPad and go to the iPad 2 come next year iPad 3 or we, have, or we might have Windows devices there'll hopefully be, well I think there'll be a lot more choice on the market yep. so that will be the time when I look and, and decide well what's my next tablet going to be and at that stage Apple's going to have a, a whole lot of a whole lot more competition hmm. and we're already starting to see the, the new Android uh, tablets coming out now. Nice that, segue. That, that was something we wanted to chat about. We've got here the um, Galaxy Tab from Samsung that Vodafone have sent across. That is a cool little device. I've been playing around with that. Uh, the yeah, last, but there's no battery in it. I went to have so, a look at it to review yeah, it. There's no battery left. Sorry, that was that that was me using it as my GPS to uh, guide me to work this morning with its. Uh, where do, you, where do you live, Perth or something? <laughs> <laughs> I was just seeing if it would take me the same way I went and I usually go and that other GPSs have guided me and it actually didn't. It was a little bit uh, a little bit odd in its recommendations but um, still it, quite, a, quite a nice device to use. It, 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 it looks thicker compared to the iPad 2 that's sitting in front of you. It's a lot thicker in its sort of aesthetics but it's, it is just... Uh, the way it feels in the hand is a lot nicer with that 7-inch form factor. It's really quite... Yeah, it, it's it's hard to explain. Um, it's like a it is like a giant iPhone size. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's certainly its size sits between the uh, skips <laughs> holding it up to his ear now. It is and, like an and, iPhone, isn't it? And, it is. And the thing with it is, is it actually works as a phone as well. So you can use it to make <laughs> to make calls. It's got the you know. Whereas with the the iPad, they've you know they've they've pulled that bit of the software out. Yeah. Uh, but you you can absolutely do that on the on the Galaxy Tab. So that's a seven inch one that we've been having a play around with. There's a ten inch uh, one as well, and the new one that's going to be coming through with Android three with the Honeycomb release, and that's coming through soon. So we'll talk a little bit more about that once uh, once we get that unit in our hands. Yeah. So the one we've got at the moment is two point two. It's running the two point two version yep. of Android. Froyo. 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 Look, it, it's a nice device. Um, it felt good in the hand to use. Um, and it, I think the key thing for me was, you know, you get so used to being Apple, the iPad is the benchmark now for tablet devices, it's different. And it, when something's different, it always stands out a little bit at the moment. With there no being real competition, with, you know, the Windows-based devices not standing out, and with now Google just starting to get their devices, anything different is going to stand out in the crowd a little bit at the moment, I think. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about Android, and we've talked about this before, I don't think it's... It's the product to use in a business type scenario for various reasons. And I see <laughs> no, Skip shaking his head there I've, in, I've, in, in agreement. I've had an Android phone uh, drop our ActiveSync services at work. 
uh, causing this. You don't really dis- want to, you know, spend your time sort of, you know, supporting that that sort of thing, and there, there yeah, potentially I, some other security things to talk about. But from a from a you know a, a personal use type device, it's I quite like that seven inch form factor. And the interesting thing is that there's a range of price points. And my brother showed me uh, when I was in Wellington a few weeks ago a device very similar size to the Samsung unit with a seven inch screen. And it had come in from China, and it was about two hundred and fifty dollars. Now the price is now down to two hundred dollars. Sure, it doesn't have the camera and you know some of the fancier features. It's got a um, a less capable screen that you really need to use a stylus or or something on to uh, you know to use it. But at two hundred dollars, there isn't really anything else that plays in the market like that, is there? No. The thing I like about the Samsung devices, and I've seen this a lot with their Samsung um, phones and stuff, is their gear is just good quality gear. Absolutely. I mean, we've just uh, been through Samsung Focus phones, and they're brilliant. Absolutely love them. So, just in the rugged, I've had a guy just go tramping with one through Tasmania, and he came back just raving about it. So, Talk, talking of the Samsung uh, Focus, I upgraded my Samsung Focus yesterday to the new Windows 7 build. Oh, you got the new build on the Nodo update. Oh, so, um, I anyone got that yet? Anyone Gosh. who's interested in that can go to uh, WindowsPhoneNZ.com and uh, we'll point you in the right direction for how to uh, uh, get the upgrade before it's, um, <laughs> uh, you know, generally being rolled out to uh, to those devices. So um, that that's um, that's available now if you uh, follow uh, a few cheeky techniques to uh, convince Microsoft that you've got a. Um, uh, a particular type of device, shall we say? <laughs> I'll leave it there before I get in too much. I'm trouble. shaking my head at the moment because <laughs> the people at work are going to be listening to this going, You're going to get in so much trouble. I hate no comment. So um, anyway, there we go. Uh, no, no hacking, um, no major hacking required in uh, in my case to get that that um, that update. It was it was very easy. Um, anyway, on to the next uh, next topic. Um, which takes us back to the iPad 2. Our friends at iPhoneNewZealand.co.nz have given us an iPad 2 cover to give away. So anyone out there who is either wanting an iPad 2 or has one already and would like a cover for it, all you need to do is drop us an email at competitions at nztechpodcast.com and you have to answer this question, which you can find the answer on the iPhone New Zealand.co.nz website, which we will link to from our website. The question is, at about what time did Dan from iPhone New Zealand.co.nz turn up at Noel Leeming's to get his iPad 2? So we'll be doing that draw on Saturday if you'd like to, uh, that if you'd like to win that cover. That is a fantastic, obscure question. I know. <laughs> Bizarre. But anyway, have a look at I the website it. and uh, you'll be able to find the answer. So what was it? Competitions at nztechpodcast.com. Yep. I the got de- it wrong too. I can't believe it. The details will be on the nztechpodcast.com website. So if you want to enter, just have a look at our website. We'll have the links and everything up there. Yeah, and a big thanks to iPhone New Zealand. Um, guys too as well they've been um, you know sort of pushing us out there and it's great to have a little bit of support getting this up and going in the community and they've been doing a good job in terms of supporting the local iPhone oh, and yes. iOS community yep. oh, it's yes. a really really good thing to have locally focused sites that, that cover off relevant information about yep. 
you know, how to take these handsets, use them on different networks, just keeping everyone up to date with the latest news. It, 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 whether whether you're an iPhone, Android, Windows phone user, we need those ecosystems in New Zealand because otherwise, you know, the competition, be able to buy that stuff, the carriers feed off what the consumer wants. We need that around the country. We yep. really do. Good stuff. Now, the latest gadget that we've been playing with. <laughs> Stop. Everyone looks at me at this stage. <laughs> Which... Uh, yeah, Bradley just broke, so um, <laughs> never, never mind. It's uh, really cool. I really like this. So we're talking about the AR drone from Parrot. Now, this is some bit of gadgetry, right? Do we want to explain to our listeners what an AR drone is? Well, everyone knows what a drone is, right? What the US military drones are. They're, they're an unmanned aircraft of some form that goes in to usually blow things up, right? So a consumer-based drone... Um, does, does the same thing. Does the same thing. <laughs> um, hopefully without blowing up, although, um, yeah, in the case of, um, you know, Bradley's uh, episode, we had it, We certainly had a bit of damage there, so um, kind, kind of interesting. Yeah, look, I mean, this thing's cool. I, I really, really like this thing. I mean, you know, um, so it, it uses a iPhone application to control it. Um, we use Skip's iPhone to get it up and going. Um, it took a matter of a minute. I think Skip will tell us about just just to download and then you just associate it to the access point in the drone itself. So there's a wireless there's actually a wireless signal that comes out of the drone, isn't yep. there? Yep. That's cool. It is very cool. And then it's um There are cat there are cameras on the drone, right? So there that are cameras helps it are... see see what's going on and it, it works out its height off the ground using the cameras. And you can also see that on your iPhone or on your iPad, which you yeah, you're full full from. screen on the iPhone, and you've just got thumb controls on screen for uh, moving around. Now I've, I have to admit I didn't quite get my head around the controls entirely. Yeah, I had to have it on Friday, and um, it was getting getting okay with it. But I think you've got, definitely got to spend a bit of time to uh, you know to, hand, to to get the tricks. And, and I suspect that maybe the um, uh, a local telco who's just down the road who I know has got some pretty hefty Wi-Fi protection gear may have spotted it and done something because the thing just went to the roof and we couldn't bring it back down again. <laughs> Hence I broke it when I tried to catch it. But look, yeah, I mean, Don't this try thing, and catch it. Just, just yeah. let it land on its own as the, uh, as, the, as the lesson there. This thing's got four big propellers around the side of it. It is really, really cool. Um, you can fly it around the room. It is just a neat bit of kit. The, the camera's coming back to your, your device is very slick. Um, yeah, really, really impressive piece of technology. Yeah, no, no lag in the camera yeah. at all. No, it was, it was very cool. So this is this is due in the country, I think, early April. Uh, we we know that there will be a few stores around the country that are, that have got it. UB will definitely have it. They're the guys that are generous enough to have uh, sorted us out with uh, with one for Brandon. I'm, to, I'm uh, sorry, UB. I really am. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, definitely look out for that. I think it's coming in around five hundred bucks. There might be next demo one at UB coming up shortly. <laughs> look, some super glue will fix it up. I'm sure. Apparently, they keep spare parts and all that sort of stuff with the local distributor. So, well, if you're, need um, to, aren't they? you know, <laughs> if you like bread, you like to smash things up. Then, uh, don't worry about it. You can get all the parts. I want one of these. Locally. So I want a, I want a fleet around yeah. my house. They're about fifteen minutes battery time. That's what we sort of worked out. Yeah, about yeah. fifteen minutes. Which, considering that they've you know they've got the the three the uh, three four propellers and they've got these cameras and they've got a Wi-Fi yeah. unit in there. Hey, that's that's okay. And I'm sure this technology will improve over time. It's it's not exactly the stealth model though, is it? No, With it's pretty loud. Phone fans going. It's like the uh, Marines have turned up in force. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Sounds like an air conditioning unit flying overhead. But it's, it's a very cool piece of technology. 
Hey, one quick question. Did we establish whether that you could run that app on the iPad? Yes, you can run it on the iPad, on any iOS device. You Fantastic. Can, you can yeah, run it on your iPod Touch too. And there's heaps of apps. So it's not just the one app. There's actually augmented reality game apps with it as well. So you can do a dog fighting type, shooting type game. Yep. So, which is kind of weird playing an augmented reality game on your iPad, looking at the screen as this thing's just randomly flying around your backyard. Crashing into flags in the ceiling. Yeah, that's right. As we did here. No, look, very cool. I, I think that's it's it's some neat technology that's coming out now. Um, for me, I hope they start to port it across to Android and to other Windows Phone 7. That'll be kind of cool. That'll be great, yeah. All right, now we, last week, Brad suggested we should have an app of the week. So we're going to start off this week with uh, app of the week on Android. And the app that I think is pretty cool for Android is actually, it's not exactly a normal app. There's an app store that Amazon have launched for Android. I was going to review that one for the Windows Phone 7. I chose not to, but that's on the Windows Phone 7 as well now. No, 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 you've missed me. There's an actual app store, another one, not the Google App Store, but another app store for Android. So this isn't the, oh. this isn't the Amazon app itself, but it's it's an actual whole nother, uh, it's a whole nother app store that will let you... Uh, basically buy and download free apps for your Android without going through Google's App Store, which, as we know, recently there were a few issues with some of the content that came into that. So they're going to be curating it a little bit more carefully, apparently. And one of the cool things that they have is they have a virtual Android emulator that you can actually look at in the browser on your PC, and you can try out these apps within your browser oh, That's cool. before downloading them to your device. I like or that. if you don't have a device. I'm going to have to block Amazon.com at my work now, otherwise people are going to be playing games on the web. That is very cool, though. Yeah. I, I have to be a little bit cynical about do we... I mean, they've had problems with um, people submitting bad apps into the Google marketplace. Question, is Amazon going to be any better? I don't know. I'm not sure how they're curating it and what, and what mean, they're that, doing. What they might do is, is just pick off the biggest and best apps and put them in theirs and not have the same breadth of catalogue. But uh, time will tell, and I haven't haven't looked into the details of it yet. But I just I just thought, well, it's 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 definitely a good thing for Android to have yeah. uh, have uh, alternative app stores. Well, it's interesting because I was reading the other day on Engadget dot com that um, the Google the Android guys were actually asking for Honeycomb that people don't tinker with it too much. It was one of their requests, and it was sort of they said they would like people to not mess with the UI and the look and feel and have all these other app stores. They'd actually like people just to take the native version of the code and run it on on the new Honeycomb devices. So, wow, that it was, sounds it, like what some other vendors are doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it was an interesting request, and I, I don't know if it's um, being taken out of context by some of the other media. Um, but yeah, that was I found that a little bit sort of interesting because I mean, Google, one of Google's strengths has been the openness around doing it. Yeah. Now, do we have any other um, apps you guys like to chat yeah. about the other platforms? Brad? I was good. I actually spent some time today looking at the Windows Phone 7 Marketplace on the Zoom software. And uh, TradeMe have got a thing called Trade Mobile. And this is a very, very slick application that runs. Um, you can get an eval version, which is obviously free, but you can also pay for the uh, full version, which unlocks some additional features, additional search and payment options. That's 99 cents. So it's pretty much nothing. US, so it's, yeah. 
Yep. So yeah. and it is really really slick. It is it's using the full um, the UI screen, the sliding, um, the tile based system. It is a really really nice way of keeping track of all your those people that are trade me addicts. Yeah, I think this one's been hasn't been developed by trade me themselves. No. It's been developed by by Th- by somebody else. Yeah, third party because. Trade Me have opened up their system so other people can write these yeah. bits and pieces and chat to it, which is I think is a good thing on Trade Me's part too. They're uh, they're f- you know following an eBay steps of of you know keeping really open and, and developing a, a a bit of an ecosystem ar- around um, around Trade Me. Uh, there's some just nice little touches when you when you're using this app, and yeah, I for me I was having a look at it tonight on the on the way here, and it was just I was like, you're driving, right? <laughs> no, not when I was driving at all. Oh yeah, because you walked here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> uh, but no, it is. It's a really slick little application, and yeah, and it, like I said, it's it's free for for um, trialing in, in the store. So uh, you have a look at it, and it keeps track of all your trade me's and what you got um, sort of focused and looking at. I really like it. That's great. All right, and I'm bringing up the rear with the iPhone. <laughs> um, has anyone heard of the Color app? I have actually. Someone mentioned it to me today when I was searching for this one. It seems to be picking up a lot of traction on the old Twitter sphere. And actually, someone this afternoon said to me, "You've got to talk about this app as well." Um, so this is a social uh, social networking app. It fits within uh, if you're with a group of people than 150 feet of them, and you you can actually join their I guess social networking group. You can be online together in the same room, and you can share photos and videos and whatnot up in the space. So like. Say, example, we go to a technical conference, tech ed or something like that, and we're all using colour to send photos and we can experience other parts of what's happening in that venue um, online later. So it's like this whole group collaboration effort around social areas. Flip side is Friday night, you go to a bar, everyone's <laughs> using colour, you can take photos of uh, whatever. But that, That's scary. You, everyone's going to be looking at their phone. We've got enough of that already with you know texting and emailing and everything else. You're sitting in a bar, everyone's going to be looking down at their phone and looking at the photos other people are taking across the bar. Is that, is that sort of what we're talking about? But the other thing about it is that, and I agree, it does sound like everyone's going to be sitting in the bar with their face <laughs> in the phone and going, oh, nothing's happening here. Um, but the other thing is that it actually helps integrate with, you can connect with people across the room that you normally wouldn't. So it's been written by um, some ex-Apple people. Yeah, I think and it is. And it's yep. to compete against uh, Facebook. I was reading about it the other day, and okay. they're coming in. Microsoft, and the name has just eluded me right now, the piece of software. Um, Nigel Parker will kill me, um, who's one of our DPE guys. Um, <laughs> I think it's Photos, Photosynth. We have a similar type of piece of technology, which we actually did uh, Barack Obama's um, inauguration when he got in. We did the Windows Phone 7 launch where you can upload all your photos and it actually builds off Bing Maps. Uh, people's photos to what's actually going on in that area, but this does it on a sort of a, a this does it on a, basis, yeah, right? a, a much different level, yeah, much so much different. So level. it's very very interesting. So I guess it's just a new interface to some reasonably already out there technology. I mean, we can also geotag photos already, Twitter, all sorts of stuff that can link to what's happening nearby. So it's sort of just a new face to it, and I guess. And it, will it and will it be the new tool for um, you know for kids to bully each other and and pick on each other at schools as well? I will say this, a friend of mine mentioned the other day the school in South Auckland had to be uh, changed from the classification under Foursquare as strip club to school. So <laughs> he actually he actually said to me the other day, he goes, oh, did you uh, did you see me check into the school the other day? And I said, oh, no, not really because I, mean, I get Foursquare updates all the time. He said, so yeah, it was registered as a strip club. <laughs> so he, sort of, he just wanted to make sure that he wasn't actually visiting a strip club on that part of the night, but... Uh, Clearly, students having a lot of fun with Foursquare. <laughs> Absolutely, all of these social networking technologies um, certainly 
hard to keep up with at times. Oh, you're sounding old. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Skip. That's that's really nice. Well, we're um, we're going to draw to a close because we've um, we've gone over our time allocation once again, breaking breaking all the rules we set for ourselves up front to keep this thing super snappy, in and out within five minutes, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, hey, thanks everyone for listening in. As we wrap up, just want to cover a couple of things. You want to find us online? We're at nztechpodcast.com. Yep. So go and have a look. We're now on Facebook, facebook.com slash nztechpodcast. You've got to come and like us. We had 120 people last night, and I got my wife to join, and she goes, I'm now 121. So <laughs> she's very pleased. <laughs> so, oh, nice. And of course, we're still on Twitter, twitter.com slash nztechpodcast. Cool. That's us. And. Just running through everyone. What are your podcast handles, Brad? Uh, Brad Bohr. You can get me at Twitter at, at Brad Bohr. Um, my probably my blog at the moment is. I will retwitter that out. I cannot remember the URL off the top of my head. It's like blogs.msdn.com forward slash Brad Bohr. I think it is. At There's the a link from yeah. the website. Yep, and I'm on Twitter, and that's pretty much it, really. Urban Kiwi NZ. Nice. And my Twitter handle is easy as always just Paul Spain so is it easy as always or is it Paul Spain <laughs> it's easy <laughs> oh he's got he's all quiet speechless. he's speechless, he's speechless. You guys, <laughs> all, always picking on me making fun of me until next week that's us NZ Tech Podcast signing out see ya see ya everyone